Welcome to the Plentiful Goddess Podcast. My name is Jessica Karabad and I'm a holistic coach for women, certified vegan nutritionist, fitness trainer, yogi, and Raki master. I have coached hundreds of women worldwide and I made it my mission to help women from all around the world transform their lives and health in ways they didn't think was possible. If you're looking to uplevel your health, learn about the best practical tips on vegan health and fitness, master your menstrual cycle, improve your relationship with food and so much more so that you can reconnect with the powerful woman that you're meant to be, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is for you to help you step up your game, reconnect with yourself as a woman and elevate your health and life. We are going to have so much fun in this podcast. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to another episode. In this episode, guys, I got to interview Kathleen Gage and I have no words. She's just an incredible, powerful woman and I'm so honored that I had her on the podcast. She has the mission to change vegan businesses, help vegan businesses grow and really change the world, change the vegan movement and just show how pe- show people how it's done. I'm honestly like this podcast was so much better than what I expected. We touched on so many exciting topics, not only on business, but really this episode is for every woman who maybe even questions herself, who wants to grow, who's ready to expand, who maybe just doesn't know how to take the next step. There's so many, I call it vegan golden nuggets in this episode that Kathleen shared and we had such a great conversation and I truly, truly recommend listening to this, sharing this with your friends because you're going to be so inspired to take action after you've listened to this episode. So Without further ado, enjoy. I'm so excited to have you here, Kathleen Gage, on the Plentiful Goddess podcast. I've been a guest on your podcast before, and you shared some snippets about your life where I was like, okay, this woman sounds extremely inspiring to me. <laughs> you're not only you know, a business consultant, you're a keynote speaker, you're an author, you're a marketing strategist, you're a visibility mentor. You do so many things and I'm just like, how? And also at your age, when you told me your age, I was like, she looks like 20, 30 years younger. How does she Thank do that? you. <laughs> so I would love for you, Kathleen, if you could just quickly maybe introduce yourself in your own words and tell us who you are and what you do. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you, Jessica. And thanks for uh, for inviting me on your show. Um, actually, like you said, I am a visibility consultant and that's kind of a, an umbrella term for I help my clients get visibility in front of their audience. And I've had my business almost 29 years and um, gone through a lot of recreations on my business because I have uh, experienced what it was like to have a business crash and burn after 9-11 during the 2008 real estate bubble that burst here in the United States. And then recently with COVID, um, all the businesses shutting down. And I, I was sharing with a good friend recently that really the COVID shutdowns hit me harder than any other turnaround in my business that I've experienced. And I think because of the fact I had my business so long at that point, it was about 27 years. I thought I had it all figured out and I had to reinvent myself. And that's when I actually decided to work primarily in the vegan space. But um, what I learned is the the minute you think you have it all figured out, life's going to throw you something and say, ah, 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 watch this. But um, 
I, I started out as a corporate trainer because I came out of corporate, uh, used to do a lot of keynoting before the COVID situation. I rarely travel anymore. And that's by choice. I just don't want to get on a plane has nothing to do with COVID. It has everything to do with the, um, the lack of consistency with airlines, with the violence that's going on. So I find that actually what I've done as a result of all the shutdowns is I've become more and more, um, a person of solitude. I've I've been that way for a long time, but I like my time with myself. I like to work with clients that I love working with. I love going on runs near the uh, the river. I have rescue animals. So my life is very simple. A lot of people think it's very, uh, you know, there's a lot going on and there is, but I've managed to get to a place where I keep things really, really simple. I love that. Where are you based? I'm out of uh, Oregon, Central Oregon, a little town out of, outside of Eugene, Oregon. Amazing. And how is the weather right now? Is it cold? Right or now warm? we're at about uh, 15 degrees. It's uh, very, very cold. And, uh, <laughs> you know, weather patterns nowadays, you can never count on them. When, when we're supposed to be in the 50s, we're now sometimes in the 20s. And other areas, when they're supposed to be in the 80s, they're in the 40s. And so weather patterns are very inconsistent. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I get it. I love everything that you shared. And as I already said, I think you're extremely inspiring, not only because you do so many things, but because you truly have your own opinions about things and you truly stand for important causes that I can see in you. Like even, you know, not flying, the veganism, there are so many aspects to, to your life and what you stand for. And that's also why so many of the right people are attracted to you and I want to be around your energy. I want to work with you. So as I was saying in the beginning, you do so many things. How do you have the energy to sustain this also? Because maybe you want to share also your age with us because I was like shocked <laughs> when you told me. <laughs> I'd be happy to. How do you do well, that? <laughs> in, in a little over a year, I'm going to be 70. So my next birthday is going to be 69 in just a couple of months. And honestly, that it, that's mind boggling to me because um, in my past, I actually used to uh, be have a very, very dark past where I was very uh, involved in drugs and alcohol. I've been sober for 39 years. That number boggles my mind. Um, and on Facebook, I belong to a couple of what they call sober motivation and sober inst inspiration groups. And I look at people that are struggling with drugs and alcohol and how hard it is for them in the first week, the first month, the first year. And my life has become very simple as a result of giving that up. So I think that has something to do with um, why I tend to accomplish a lot, because again, I keep it really simple. My life was very complicated when I was running and gunning. And today it's, it's just real simple. Um, also, because I'm a plant-based eater, uh, I, I do believe in the whole philosophy around the vegan lifestyle. And I know different people have different opinions about what that means. I, I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter recently. We were tweeting back and forth, and he was really slamming me for being vegan, saying I was judging him. And I said, I'm not judging you. I, it's about the animals. And it's about what we put into our body is really what we're going to put out in the world. And I don't know if you're familiar with the books uh, by Neil Donald Walsh, Conversation with God. 
Well, lately I've been on this this uh, kick of listening to his audiobooks, and in every single one he talks about if you put dead energy into your body, that's what's going to come out. And he talks about the sentient beings, and I really believe that energetically that everybody is connected, but everybody is very disjointed in this world today, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are consuming dead energy, which in in a nutshell, it's meat and dairy, uh, animal-based products. And it, it it never it never ceases to amaze me, the people that are on a spiritual quest and a spiritual journey. And I did this for years. I've only been vegan for a little under five years. And so it was, I was 64 when I went vegan. And I thought I was so spiritual. I thought, you know, I, I had it all figured out again. And one more time I got to learn, there's a lot that I don't know. So the more I learn in life, the less I know. It's it's kind of a paradox. But um, I think a lot of why I have so much energy, why I accomplish a lot is I have learned how to say no. There are certain things I just won't do in life, like uh, the the thing of getting on planes. I don't want to be around that energy because I'm very much an empath and I do pick up energies a lot. I meditate on a regular basis. I do yoga. I go running. I eat healthy. So I'm very aware that my life is my responsibility. My health is my responsibility. And just because I eat this way doesn't mean that I won't get some of the common diseases, but I've really minimized my risk. Um, for example, I'm at very high risk of uh, breast cancer, very high risk of colon cancer, or I used to be. Um, they actually found precancerous polyps in me. And that was a point where I could say, oh, poor me, how did this happen? I can't believe it. Oh, I'm just so unlucky. Or I could say, you know, what responsibility do I have in this? What part do I have in it? And that's a question I do ask myself. It's like, what is my part in this situation? And what can I do to improve it? I love everything that you just said. One thing that really stood out to me is the part about eating dead energy or eating dead animals. And I actually have a friend as well who told me how she went vegan. Um, she was passing by animal products in the in the store and she's super spiritual as well. And she heard the screams of the animals. And she was like, she didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden she heard the screams and right. she was like, what is this? And the closer she, she came to the meat products, the louder these, these voices became. Um, and she realized, oh my God, I can't like, this is not the right approach to, to, um, to live and to consume that animals, right. Or to, to consume animals in general, that energy, you know, you have lived so much life and you have experienced so many things. And while you're speaking to me, it seems to me like there was always a part of your life that really formed you for the next the next part of your life, the next section of your life, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a really great question. And, um, you know, I had a similar experience as your friend did where I was about six months into being a plant-based eater because I didn't want to identify as a vegan because I thought vegans were extremists. They were crazy. They, I just got the book by Earthling Ed called Vegan Propaganda. And he shares that, that he really, before he went vegan, he thought it was all about extremism. And what I've come to realize is it's about the animals. And if being compassionate to animals means I'm part of a cult, I'm part of, I'm extreme, I'm whatever. Okay. I'll, I'll own it. But, um, I was six months into being a plant-based eater and I was in the grocery store walking by the meat department. And I actually had a similar experience where I just stopped in my tracks and I could feel 
and hear the pain and suffering. And it was from that point that I said, I'm actually a vegan because I'd been rescuing animals for years. I mean, we have horses, we have dogs, we have a cat, we have chickens, and they're all rescues. And so for me, on, on the one hand, I was being so kind to animals and such an advocate. And then on the other hand, I was consuming them. But I think that there's no one event that defines my life. And I don't think that anybody has one event that defines their life. Some are bigger than others, or some are more obvious than others. Like the day I decided to quit smoke or quit while well, smoking, drinking. I mean, I, you know, there's so many bad habits I had. I can look at those points in my life and say, okay, there were a lot of things that led up to that decision. And it's just like somebody who's been in business for a while, or they've been, let's say podcasting or writing books and they've worked for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and they just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Nobody knows what they're really doing. Nobody's heard of them. And then all of a sudden this bubble burst and they're everywhere. And people go, oh, you're an overnight success. And it's like, well, let's look at the 25 years that led up to that. But it's the same with anything in life. It's like our health. If somebody wants to, and you you focus on working with women and their health and, you know, really getting, you know, just spectacular lives physically and emotionally. And these women, they don't come to you and the next day, everything's fixed. It's a process. It's, it's a, uh, an unfolding, if you will. So we can have mile markers in our life, but as far as like that being the defining moment, I think it's all that led up to it. But for me, defining moments were when I decided to quit my corporate job and start my own business. When I finally quit uh, drinking, when I quit smoking, when I just looked at different areas in my life and I said, okay, from this point forward, this is what I'm going to do. And oftentimes we say that to ourselves, but then we say, well, just for today, I'll have that. Let's say somebody wants to go plant-based. They want to give up animal products and they're going along great. Then they go to a social gathering and they say, well, just for today, I'll have those bacon bits or just for today. Well, there is no just for today. It's like when you make a commitment, you're the one that has to answer to yourself and whoever your higher power is, God, universe, whatever it may be. And only you know what the truth is. And I, I had a mentor once who said, what we do in private, we will be rewarded for in public. That really sticks with me because it's like, yes, I can get away with doing certain things. I've had people say, well, you must've had one drink in the last 39 years. And it's like, no, I haven't. Because if I had one drink, it would have led to a thousand drinks. And so it's knowing ourselves well enough to know what's right for us and what's not right for us. And knowing that we have to decide for ourselves and not for other people. You're dropping so many golden vegan nuggets everywhere. <laughs> I love that. Vegan nuggets. <laughs> yes. Not nuggets, vegan nuggets. <laughs> One thing um, that I want to touch on, as you said, I work with women that let's say they want to lose weight. They have tried things and nothing has really worked. And I work with a lot of women who kind of gave up on themselves and they're 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. So still pretty young in their life, but already have given up on themselves. What's your take on, on, on people where you feel like people are giving up too easily? Because from your story, like, again, you've had so many things that happened in your life that you have overcome. And I think one of the hardest things for people is not learning new things. It's unlearning right. what we've been doing, right? How you say drinking alcohol, quitting things that we've been so used for so long is the harder, is the harder part than, than doing new things. So what would you say to someone that feels like, oh, I, I just gave up because it's hard? Well, you know, it, 
that's human nature. And it's not that when we make a change, all of a sudden, you know, it's a bed of roses and the golden uh, road is going to open up for us. It's like there are struggles because uh, I'll take my drinking, for example, when I was a drinker, I was a blackout drinker. I was a daily blackout drinker. I ended up on the streets. I mean, I I remember that time in my life. And recently I, I had such a gift from the universe where I was at the, I was at a store and there was a woman behind me in a in uh, not a wheelchair, but one of those stroller walkers. And she was sitting down and she looked a little downtrodden. And I, I was talking with the cashier and the woman said, um, yeah, I took the bus here. And I said, you took the bus here? And it was cold outside. And I said, can I give you a ride home? And she hesitated for a moment. She goes, well, okay. So I, I pull my car around and she gets in the car. We put her walker in the back seat, and I started driving. And I said, "So where do you live?" She goes, "Well, I live at the church on such and such." And I said, "Are you homeless?" And she goes, "Yeah, I live out of my van." And I said, "But for the grace of God, there go I." And I said, "Well, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking?" She was three years older than me, and she looked like she was in her late eighties. And I said, "Okay, let me give you a ride to your van." And I. I got her some supplies that she was going to need. And I went and met her the next day and helped her out with a few things. And what I realized was that could have been my life. And I, you know, that might sound really dramatic, but I know myself well enough to know that my drinking would have taken me there if I didn't stop. Now, when I made the decision to quit, it wasn't always easy. There were times that I was confronted with life. I had to go through the death of my father, my mother, the loss of jobs, the downturn of economies. And after a certain period, again, you think you have it figured out, like when you're 20 years sober and all of a sudden the economy turns upside down and your business goes from a multiple six figure overnight to you're going, okay, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to figure this thing out? And that's when you get to put to, to use all the tools that you've been given in life. And I think for anything, whether it's a relation, I've been in a 33 year relationship. I, uh, and you know, that to me boggles my mind because it's like, I never could make marriages work. I mean, it's just crazy, but, um, it's doing things a day at a time, making decisions. And sometimes it's a minute at a time of like, okay, if I say that today, I'm going to make 10 phone calls to potential clients and I put it on my list of, this is a top priority then I do those 10 phone calls. And if I don't, I have to ask myself, well, what did I do to distract myself? What did I do that took me away from my goal? And then if you have enough days where you put 10 calls on your list and you don't make those 10 calls, after a month you say, well, this stuff doesn't work. Well, it's not that things don't work, it's that we're not working them. So I would say when you hit those hard points, that's why you have mentors, the, the women that you work with. They should pick up the phone or go on Zoom or uh, text you and let you know what's going on. When we can find somebody that we really trust and we trust with, with our energy and with our emotions and our feelings that we share with that person. And I think where a lot of people have gotten misguided is they put everything out for the world to see and to judge them. And I will tell you, as a vegan, I have been judged very harshly. I've had people that I have no clue who they are, and they're just like attacking me. And they're saying, you're telling me what to do. And it's like, I don't even know who you are. I had a situation recently where 
in, in the area I live in, there's a lot of people who walk their dogs and have dogs. And, you know, we pick up after our dogs, hopefully. And somebody said, I can't stand when people throw their dog poop in my garbage can. And I said, well, if somebody's on a walk and my garbage can is out front near the street and it's ready to be picked up and they want to put a bag with their dog poop in, I don't care. I had this man who just rode me on that. And I said, look, dude, I have no clue who you are. I don't care who you are. You don't know who I am. Why do you care what goes in my trash can? And I was starting to engage him and I thought, why am I doing this? And so what it really is, is making decisions on, is this a good use of my time and energy or is it a bad use? Am I putting way too much out to be judged on? Because there's a lot of frailty going on with people's emotions nowadays. And I think a lot of it has to do with what people are consuming. And if you put your your dirty laundry, if you will, out for the world to see, and you let people judge you who don't even know you, then you're setting yourself up for those emotional breakdowns. Surround yourself with a group of friends that will lift you up, but they'll also call you on your BS. Find a good mentor, join groups of people that are striving for the same thing, like yoga, for example. If you like to do yoga, go find a yoga group so you can surround yourself with people who have similar goals in life and they really want to achieve more in life. You know, as I move into my my 70s, I, I'm thinking, huh, I wonder what life has in store for me. And as long as I have my checks and balances in place, and as long as I have my support group in place, as long as I have my tools and I, I use those tools, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I love everything about this. And one thing that, um, that I want to touch on as well is so many of us, we're so focused on external things and we are blaming things on external things. And like, even that conversation that you had with that man about the dog poop. <laughs> it's I know, like, it's like, oh, well, that was a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, why would you even put your energy into into other people that you don't know and then you blame the external for all of the things that are going wrong with you, right? And it starts with you. The change starts with you. Even like, the fact that you decided, okay, I'm going to go plant-based, I'm going to go vegan. It starts with you. It doesn't right. start because people are forcing you to do that. It's your belief. And I feel like a lot of those, a lot of my listeners, I would say 90% of my listeners are vegan. And so they know how it is to have such a strong belief about being vegan. But a lot of times we forget to work on the other beliefs that we have about ourselves, about not being right. good enough, about not being capable enough. And I think when when we as, as humans could just um, really allow ourselves to, to really put ourselves first as well and work on those beliefs to really shift that, the way that we, we believe in, in the vegan movement, the world would look like such a better place because we would feel better and then there would be less fights and less attacks and less what you say people judging you on the street which is just you know <laughs> you know well one of the things i was taught many many years ago is that one angels come in many disguises and that's actually in the bible that angels come with many many disguises and i believe that the the homeless woman that i connected with the other day was an angel for me because uh sometimes we can be humming along in life and something happens and we just derail and to have this woman remind me of what my life could have been like and that I was able to help her in a way that years ago I never would have imagined possible. One of my spiritual teachers 
teacher said, when you're feeling little, when you're feeling out of sorts, when you're feeling like your life doesn't matter, go and be of service to somebody, find somebody that you can actually be of service to. And don't do it in a, I'm better than you kind of Mm -hmm. attitude, but really like I'm here to serve. It's like, okay, God, what's my job today? Show me what I need to do. And then when that shows up, be willing to accept it because so often we, we do get caught up in, I have to have bigger, better, more. And I went through that period in my life where, when, you know, coming from being on the streets to having a very successful business, driving a really nice car, you know, being able to go to the best restaurants and all that. I was like, well, look, I've got it all figured out. And one more time I got to learn. And so for me, it's like enjoying the material things, because I do enjoy a good, comfortable life, but not being attached to it. And so that if it were taken away, that it's like, okay, it's been taken away. And not that I would be so flippant about it, because there are things that that happen. And right now I'm going through my mother-in-law being very, very sick, and she's very sick. And it's really just being there every day for her at whatever level I can. And realizing this is part of the process of her being getting close to her, her transition. And it's like, okay, God, tell me what I need to do today and not getting irritated when she said, can you please go get me this one more thing? It's like, yes, I'd be happy to. So a lot of it is really working on our attitude. And, you know, that sounds so Pollyanna, but it's so true. Putting a gratitude list together. And I do that in my business. I'm coming up on 29 years in business. And about two years ago, I made a conscious choice to move into the vegan space. That's the space I work within. And I had a lot of warnings by non-vegans saying, oh, that's a mistake. There's not enough business, yada, yada, yada. Well, as it turns out, it was one of the best choices I could make. And I've actually uh, partnered with somebody who's out of Atlanta. So she's about 3000 miles from me. And we have a great business partnership. We have four proposals that we're presenting to potential clients this week. And we're talking big proposals. Um, And A year ago, people were like, no, don't do it. And now they're going, wow, you're so smart. And it's like, no, I just showed up. I did the footwork and I trusted. And so in business with any of the women that you work with or anybody who's listening or watching uh, in business, you have to show up each and every day and don't be so attached to what you're you're doing that if you don't get the contract that your world's going to fall apart or if you do get the contract you think you'll have it all figured out because bottom line is it's a day by day situation and none of us are going to get out of this live yeah and who are you without all of those labels that we put on ourselves right Absolutely. who are you without the business who are you without the the material stuff right because how you say it can be gone within a day and then a lot of people lose who they really are and that you see that a lot of people who have lost their businesses you can see people that have lost a lot of money that commit suicide right that go into drinking all of that stuff it's so so easy for a lot of people to fall into that because they have not done i, I feel like this deep inner work it's it's right. so it's so important as a business owner being a business owner myself i didn't realize and i'm sure you know you've been in business so much longer than i have <laughs> so that's no question but when I started my business, a lot of my inner stuff would come out that I didn't even think like I was so many shadows that I had to work with and so many triggers and working with clients and how you say like you sign a client or you sign a business contract or whatever, and it feels amazing. And then for months, nothing could happen. And having being able to, to continue, you know, giving your all and showing up when you don't know when something's going to happen is is tough. And I think this can be applied to business, but also everything else in life, right? Like 
everything that every goal that you have, it's really about the consistency, not about the perfection. Absolutely. It, you know, it's just like, again, getting in, in good top physical shape and eating healthy. It's a day by day process. And in business, we, we do have a formula for success. I mean, we can look at, um, I, I'm an NLP practitioner and I got certified in 1994. And I mean, that number kind of boggles my mind, but uh, it's about modeling success. And so you take the strategies that have worked in the past and you look at them and will they be applicable today? Because what might've worked in the past may not work the exact same way today, but pieces of it can. And we, we do have formulas for success and we can model after what other people are doing. It doesn't mean to copy them, but it's to look at their strategy. And if somebody, let's say you want to do a, you want to create a six figure business. And if somebody has a six figure business, what are they doing? Talk to them and say, okay, what is it that you're doing that other people could do? And they would be as successful. Um, one of the things that people need to do is get visibility. So how do you get visibility? You get on podcast shows, you write articles, you go out and do speaking engagements. If you know, if you're into going out in your, your uh, local market, or you can do zooms, you can do lives. I mean, there's so many opportunities for people to have successful businesses, even though, in the US, we're we're in a downturn economy. They say from day to day, they they it's funny because when people watch the media and the news, that's a roller coaster ride with your emotions. Stop watching the news. I that's don't watch it. Do. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but um it, it's like find the people who have a formula for success and look at what they're doing and then say, okay. What about that? Can I apply? And it's so interesting because sometimes people will say, tell me what you do. And you tell them and they go, well, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, okay, fine. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it. But be honest about the fact that you've just been given a formula for success and you're saying, no, I don't want that. Um, and, and so it's kind of like in life, life gives you a lot of gifts. Life gives you a lot of, I, I remember years ago, I was in San Jose, California, visiting with my sister, and there was a, a person on the street. And I, I tend to be very um, gracious to homeless people. Um, not all of them. If they're like crazy, I tend to avoid them. But if it's somebody that says, hey, can you help me out? I just, uh, you know, I haven't eaten. And I pulled out of my pocket. I had some change in my pocket, 26 cents. I'll never forget that, 26 cents. And I handed it to the man and I was going to pull out some dollars. And the man looked at that and he goes, you've got to be kidding. You're going to give me 26 cents. And I said, Nope, I'm not. And I put it back in my pocket. And I thought, you know, if he would have taken that, I was going to give him some dollars too, but he refused the 26 cents. And in life, life will give us little gifts. And if we turn those away, we're missing the bigger gifts. So it's really looking at what do we say yes to? And what do we say no to? Again, so many beautiful vegan golden nuggets. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I like that. Vegan gold. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I have yes, a vegan please. golden nugget. <laughs> <laughs> please. Um, I want to speak a little bit more about risk taking. I feel like also that's a huge part of any success, right? It's like how you say, look for people that have a formula, that have a strategy that has worked for them and apply it, hire them as a mentor, hire them as a coach, whatever it is. But a lot of people are scared to take the risk because what if it doesn't work for me? What if whatever? And looking at your life, you have quit your job. I also quit my job in corporate at a very young age as well, where people were like, you're crazy. You're just starting your career. And I'm like, but that's not who I want to be. I'm like, whatever, right. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I, I want, but not this. This I, you know, I've only been literally working corporate for two years. And I was like, 
I hate this. I made it to three. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Almost the same. Um, And also here, you know, I took a risk, you took a risk. And a lot of people, again, people around me told me I was crazy. They told me, you're just starting your career in marketing. You're just, you know, losing everything that you could. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm I'm unhappy. Like, what's the point of living a miserable life, going to nine to five when... I know I could do something else. And I don't know, I didn't know back then what I was going to do. I had no idea, but I knew that there was something else outside of, you know, what I saw that I could, I I could achieve. So can you tell us more a little bit about why risk-taking is important in anything? Well, you know, yes, I'd love to. And before I do, (laughs) I I wanted to, this line popped up when you said that people told you you were crazy because I've had people tell me the same thing. And first they tell you that you're crazy. Then they say, you're so lucky, you know? So if you get through the crazy and then they say you're lucky, then, you know, you've arrived. But, (laughs) um, you know, as far as risk-taking, there are no guarantees in life, but one of the things that in sales that they teach you, if you don't ask for the sale, you you're going to be told no anyway. So you've told yourself no. Um, But there are certain ways that you go about what you're doing. There's risks that are, those are just risks that you have to take in business, for example, like investing in a mentor or investing in a new computer if your computer isn't working, investing in software programs, training, things of that nature. Then there are risks that are not smart risks to take. For example, you know, jumping off a cliff and there you're there's nothing below. Uh, that's a kind of a dumb risk, you know. So with risk does come reward, but it's also being uh, logical about the risks that you're taking, that if it isn't a safe risk, like going into a situation where there's been a lot of violence and you're walking in and you're uh, you're walking in with a big purse with a lot of money in your purse and you know that people get robbed there. I, I, I can give you a great example of one of the places I go running. Lately, we've been having a lot of break-ins all around Eugene and Eugene is a nice town, but they people are going to the areas where people go hiking. They're looking, watching people leave their cars and then they break into the cars. And I have a pretty nice car and I don't want it to get broken into. And so I recently I've been getting this download. It's not safe. It's just don't go there. Don't take your car there. It's not a good time to do that. And I can ignore that voice in my head and go, that's crazy and go anyway. Or I can go and put a white light around my vehicle. I've I've done that before. Or I can say, you know, for right now, I don't need to be doing that. And sure enough, every day I'm seeing on the neighborhood watch uh, bulletin boards that we have another break-in, another break-in, another break-in. And it's like, okay, so taking that kind of risk may not be the smartest risk, but taking a risk in business where I have an investment I need to make, it's like, okay, if I make that investment, am I going to follow through? And that's the question I ask myself when I do take risks of any type. It's like, okay, what do I need to do to get a return on my investment? I, over a period of probably five years, I was hiring some very high level coaches and mentors. And we're talking to the tune of multiple six figures that I invested in my business. At one point, I never made that kind of money to be making that kind of investment. And I grew into that. But when I made the investment, I listened to what my mentor said. I hired them because they were smarter than me. They knew something more than me. And if I was going to make that kind of investment, I wasn't going to push back. And I'm sure, Jessica, you've had clients that they hire you and then they push back on everything you say. And it's not that you want to be a yes person, but you know, you might question a few things. Well, let's talk about this further. But when somebody pays 
a mentor, a consultant, um, a business person to do something for them, and then they do a complete opposite. Why did they make the investment? You don't get success through osmosis. You get success through the actions that you take and listening to the people that might know something a little more than you and saying, okay, let me consider that. And how can I apply that to my situation? So risk-taking is a good idea. And it's also being logical about the risk that you plan on taking and not taking the risks that like, okay, a risk could be that I want to go running every single day, but I run a business and I know that I need to work on my business, but well, I'm going to go run and I'm going to go do bungee jumping. Those are the risks I'm going to take. That's not logical. So it's putting logic into the risks that you take. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I would love for you to expand a little bit more because you also mentioned, okay, you know, you change your business into completely the vegan sector. And you've had a lot of pushback from people as well, who told you this is not a good idea. It's probably not going to work out. But me as a vegan health coach myself, I can see how quickly the movement is growing. I can see when I go to my supermarket here, more and more and more vegan choices are available. If it's healthy or not, it doesn't matter, but you can see more and more of that stuff, which means it's growing more people are getting it. So for you to move into the vegan sector and, you know, deciding, okay, I'm only going to do vegan business from now on was a risk as well. Right. right. (laughs) Um, Where do you see this going? Where do you see the vegan movement going? Uh, well, I definitely see it growing. I don't think we're ever going to be 100% vegan in the world. I mean, some people say, okay, we're everybody's going to be vegan. That's not realistic. You can go to your local grocery store and see that that is so far removed from reality. And um, yet I do know that that sector is growing. And I know that people are becoming more aware of what it means to be vegan, that it's not just about eating plant-based uh, foods. It's about compassion to the animals and it's about the environment. So there's it's kind of a three-prong approach to why more people are going to be vegan or at least minimize their their animal intake. And the thing that for me, when I say that I work within the vegan sector, people that are not vegan, they go, oh, so you teach people how to be vegan. It's like, no, I don't. There's people like Jessica that can do that very well. I actually am a business consultant. I help vegan businesses grow so they can do more of what they're here to do. So um What I see is that there are more and more vegan businesses. For me personally, I see, well, my business associate and I, she's the same age as I am, and she looks equally as as great as as I believe that I do at this age. (laughs) Um, And we have a goal that we're going to build a seven-figure business by the time we're 70. So it's seven by 70. And that's kind of a, a carrot that we're putting in front of ourselves because we both got hit by the COVID situation and we both are reinventing our business and it made perfect sense to partner. And what's really amazing is we are now working with some of the biggest influencers within the vegan and plant-based space. And a lot of that had to do with, we put our, no pun intended, but our stake in the ground. We we put our stake in the ground. We made a claim to what we were doing. And every day we work towards that. And we're building our team right now. We both brought a team to the, um, the partnership, but now we're building an even bigger team with uh, more resources that we need to make available to our clients. We have, I think it's four proposals uh, that were 
introducing to our clients this week, our potential clients. And those are very well thought through. Those aren't something that we just say, okay, we'll do this for you. It's like, we think of each individual client. We say, what is it that they need? What can we really serve them with? What other resources do we need to bring in? For example, we have clients who want to get a book published. They don't have the book written. We work with the vegan publisher, Matali, who is out of the UK. She is the vegan publisher. And we've partnered with her so that she can bring her expertise to the, the business arrangement. And I could help a, a client get published. I've done that in the past many, many times over. But what I've learned is I have my specialty and I surround myself with other successful vegan businesses. There's Katrina Fox, who is a publicist. She's 100% vegan, has been for, I think, close to 30 years. So what we've done is we've partnered with other vegan business experts and we're bringing higher services to our clients. So I see that there's a lot of opportunity. And again, we're now at the point where people are going, gosh, you're so lucky. It's like, you know, you're, you're attracting all this business, but I look at what we've put into it. I were both, we go on podcasts a lot. We have both have our own podcast shows. We write a lot. We're on social media. We network with a lot of people. Um, later today, I have a conversation with T. Colin Campbell, who is the uh, author of the China study. He's one of the greatest luminaries in the industry. And I just, I adore working with these people because I know that they've been doing this for a lot of years and I know that I can help them with certain things that maybe they can't do on their own. And they're smart enough to know that they need to surround themselves with a team of people that can help them to accomplish their goals. Incredible. I It feels like I feel very honored to have you on the podcast. <laughs> well, I feel know, honored. I was so excited about this. It was like, oh, I get to talk with Jessica. This is awesome. I love it. I love everything that you have to share. And, and I love that at your age, you're, you keep going and you have so much energy, you have so much to share with the world. You have so much to, um, to give back to the world and to Thank help you. vegan businesses grow. And that's really the future. So I really, really admire that. I want to thank you for your work. How can people find you? How can people work with you? Thank you for asking. They can actually go to veganvisibility.com. That's veganvisibility.com. I've got my social media handles in there and reach out to me. I'd, I'd love to talk with you and uh, connect with me on social media. You'll find me under Kathleen Gage, Kathleen Gage Vegan. Uh, I make no uh, secret about the fact that I am vegan and I love connecting with other vegans. But Jessica, this has been delightful. Thank you so much. And to everybody who's watching and listening, I really encourage you go out and realize that you create the life that you want. Nobody's going to hand it to you. You're going to partner with people that you can help them and they can help you, but go out and make your life a life of legacy. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you had as much fun as I did recording this. So make sure you check out Kathleen. I share all of the links in the show notes and until the next time.